At Lakeland Care, we build better lives. As a nonprofit organization offering care management in northeastern Wisconsin, our staff lives and works in the areas we serve. Through customized plans designed to help eligible elders and adults with disabilities live independently, we offer a unique, people-centered approach to family care. That's because we know how important it is to remain connected to your family, friends, and community. Learn more about our long-term care options by contacting your county aging and disability resource center. What's going on, Cyclones fans? Jake Senholz back with you for another episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey. And what do you know? It's another weekend sweep, another sweep on home ice as the Cyclones improve to 16-0 and in front of a home crowd with really only one scare so far in the first 16 games going all the way back uh, about two months ago against the Wisconsin Woodsmen as they had to win it in a shootout. But the Cyclones, other than that night, have taken care of business like no other team in the NA3 when they are on home ice. Just an absolutely incredible record overall, uh, cemented by that 16-0 home record. Um, Still a handful of games to go to reach that perfect season on home ice. Zach Surway and I are going to talk quite a bit about that coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, Zach and I are also going to recap the weekend that was as far as the Cyclones Alumni and Hall of Fame ceremony. Always such a cool, cool thing every single year. Um, old, old hockey players getting emotional about playing hockey when they were young men. There's nothing better than that, right? So stick around. Zach Serway and I uh, talk about that and so much more in a couple of minutes. We got some exciting games to talk about. But first, want to... Uh, uh, let you know that the uh, Corgi races went off without a hitch, were very, very successful as well. If you weren't able to catch them in person or live on the NAHL TV uh, website or app, don't worry, we got you covered. I'm going to put in the finals race right here in just a second. If you want to watch both heats, the races from both original heats, you're going to have to go to the Wausau Cyclones YouTube page. Real easy to find. Just type in Wausau Cyclones on YouTube. Click on our page. Click on the videos tab and they're going to be right there for you. You can see heat number one and heat number two leading up to this championship race. Uh, We had and Zach and I will get into the weeds of this too, but we had ourselves a back to back champion. I believe Mika the name of the championship dog, really, really establishing herself as a threat each and every year in these Corgi races. We're excited to welcome her back next year to see if she can make it three in a row. But here you have it, the Cyclones uh, Corgi Race Championship Heat, doing it all to raise money for the Marathon County Humane Society. Oh, they're going to have the horn. It's kind of like races. We got dog races. This is the final here. Marathon Park Corgi races. Here we go. Look at one. Oh, look at that one go. We got a three wide for the finish. Photo finish. I think the one in the middle puts the brakes on. Whoa. I'm going to love you like a puppy. And that other one going back by dad. He knows the routine. So there you have it, the championship Corgi race. The man on the call was our typical PA announcer, Kurt, uh, who has filled in for me plenty of times in the past. He was actually the original play-by-play voice of Wausau Junior Hockey about six years ago. 
when the uh, uh, previous iteration of the program first started. So a big shout out and thank you to Kurt. And again, if you want to see all of the uh, races in depth, including those first two heats, just head right on over to YouTube. So now let's dive in to the weekend that was. Kurt had a couple of great highlights on Saturday as well, but we got to get to Friday first. And I do apologize, the uh, website where I get all my stats and the breakdown of the game, uh, the game center is not working. So I'm just going to have to do this off of the official score sheet. So uh, bear with me here if it's a little bit rougher than normal, but we're going to get through. Uh, Goals started uh, with Counter Dvorak, who uh, put an absolute highlight reel. This is one he'll probably remember for a long, long time. As we've established in the last two episodes, uh, Cyclones without Gabe Randall for the foreseeable future, possibly for the rest of the season through playoffs. I have not been given um, a clear uh, indication whether or not he's coming back at any point. But that vacated the centerman spot on the top line. Connor Dvorak steps up. Fills those shoes and gets the the scoring started in just a beautiful, uh, unbelievable way uh, in the first period. Able to chip it out of his own zone. And Dvorak, what a move there to get his stick around the defenseman. Beneath the crossbar with the backhand. My, oh my, put that one on the highlight reel for the man who steps up and takes the center position on the top line. Then the next two goals going to belong to number 28, Ricky Nelson, who I don't have any stats to back this up, but has got to be the top scoring player in the entire NA3 when it comes to first period points. Always seems like this guy's searching for a hat trick after the first 20, and that was no different here on Friday night. Chance for number two for Ricky, and he makes it look easy right off the draw. And Ricky Nelson with his second goal in the first period and once again for I believe the fourth weekend in a row Ricky Nelson on hat trick watch less than 20 minutes into a game so three goals in the first period for your Wausau Cyclones and they would not score again in the second not until the third period just about five minutes in when number 22 my guest today on an absolute can't miss my longest interview, one of my favorite interviews of the season so far with Caleb Paquin, number 22, getting the monkey off his back, just his 12th game this season because of injury. He lights the lamp here. Puck turned over. Peoria able to chip it off the high glass on the far side. Now here's a chance for Paquin, and he puts one over the blocker, under the crossbar. Caleb Paquin... For the fourth goal of the game, beats Kassin Yamada in the same exact spot that Dvorak did to get the scoring going back in the first period. And number 22, absolutely elated. So a first goal of the season for Iggy. And how about we follow it up with another first goal just a minute and a half or so later. Actually, less than 90 seconds later. Adam Wiggins getting his first of two on the weekend. After also battling with injuries, not scoring all season long, how about how about uh, this first goal for Adam Wiggins? Puck finds its way over to Anderson Bryan, uh, wide open on the back door, easy cleanup job for Adam Wiggins. 
And the Cyclones starting to pull away. Cleaning up the garbage, number 27. Cyclones with a five to one lead. So back-to-back -back first of the season goals and then the insurance goal coming late for Matthew Witt. Cyclones with a dominating victory over the visiting Mustangs. Shots on goal were in favor of the Wausau Cyclones, but only by two. Um, actually reversed that. The Cyclones got outshot 26-24. to Colin Lemansky in net for your Wausau Cyclones, his counterparts, uh, as they have this marked down incorrectly, actually. Kassin Yamada played on Friday night, so uh, number 34. The visitors, number 33 for the home team, and uh, uh, Kyle Lemansky just adding to his already extremely impressive record. So the Cyclones win by a final score of 6-2. to two. Feeling good, 7-0 against the Mustangs, carrying a bunch of confidence into their eighth and final contest of the season against the Mustangs. Scoring first on the evening on Saturday night. Again, I'm having to decipher all of this, so I do apologize. Was John Kriz getting things started early. We won't give you this goal, but you're going to get his third, his hat trick goal here coming up in just a minute. Uh, so, so John Chris scoring the first goal of the game just about four and a half minutes in. That was followed up by a goal from number six, Mario Savino. A great shot from the blue line. And then how about this? Have a weekend number 27. No goals going into the weekend. And now a second for Adam Wiggins. The pass. Dunahue passes into Cyclones. Here comes Wiggins. Wiggins going to skate it in. Wiggins shot off the pipe and in the net. Shot in a goal to Doinkin. And it beats Visvarda for the third goal. So John Kriz would score his second goal as well following that Wiggins goal. And then Kriz, why not, completes the hat trick in the third period Always nice to have a man in front, says Kurt. Always nice to have a hat trick under your belt as well as the Cyclones do indeed use this goal and move to 16-0 at home. Passes it, making some moves right there. Nelson, fire shot and a goal. Chris in the middle. And there is your dagger. Played it off the board, centered it. It's always good to see a guy in front of the net. His Cyclones go up 5-1. to one, Looking to get 16. So the Cyclones heavily outshooting the uh, visitors on Saturday night, limiting them to just 17 shots on goal. Bonjour gave up one about seven minutes into the first period, and that was it. He'd play shutout hockey the rest of the way, made 16 saves, on 17 shot attempts in net was Travis versus Varda uh, for the Peoria Mustangs. He made 22 saves on 27 shot attempts. So there you have it. Cyclones advanced to 16 and 0 home record. Um, a very, very good record overall as well. We'll get you the uh, standings here. And then I've discovered that, uh, 
the NA3 actually offers, I don't know when they started doing this, but they offer um, stats of just straight up one team versus another. So we're going to take an in-depth look at the season uh, overall, who the leading scorers were and all that good stuff against the Peoria Mustangs. But the Cyclones currently in first place in the Central Division. They've earned 55 points on the season, have a 27-7 and record, folks. How about that? 20 games above 500, a positive 78 goal differential. What more could you ask for out of this Cyclones squad? So since they have no other games remaining against the Peoria Mustangs, let's just look at some overall numbers on the season. Antonio Gomez led the team in scoring against the Mustangs. He had four goals and six assists for 10 points for a plus minus of positive 10. Gabe Randall in just five games uh, had a two and four record as... Actually, I think they might have these in backwards because it should say eight games played. Uh, let me take one look here, folks. Again, this is brand new, uh, brand new, uh, brand new uh, resource for me here. All right, uh, Gabe Randall with two goals and four assists for six points. Isaac Baker with four assists for four points. Easton Plahetka. Three goals, three assists, four, six points. Um, some other notable uh, players, John Kriz, four goals, six assists for 10 points. And Anderson Bryan, three goals, seven assists for 10 points. But how about this, folks? Leading the whole pack by a country mile. Connor Dvorak, six goals, nine assists for 15 points. He absolutely loves to play against these Peoria Mustangs and leads his squad with a plus minus of 11 against the Mustangs as well. Uh, so that's just a couple of a uh, couple of guys that have scored significant points. Lots of other guys with somewhere between three and five points against the Mustangs. Colin Lemansky with a five and O record allowed just eight goals against them. And that gives him a 1.6 goals against and a nine, five, four save percentage Brady fail with a 2-0 record against them. He has a 1.0 goals against and a 9-6-0 save percentage. Well, Tanner Bonjour got to play the other contest. Um, actually, I lied. Uh, Bonjour has not uh, um, does not have stats on here, but he did play that Saturday game and uh, allowed just one goal with about a 95% save percentage. So there you have it. I'm going to start trying to do these, uh, and I'll get better and more fluent at them, but I'm going to try and start doing these kind of wrap-up looks uh, against certain teams for the Cyclones as we come down the stretch here and they close out their season series against various opponents. So I'm going to stop rambling because we got a lot of great stuff to get to. Uh, all the things that I promised with Zach Serway and more coming up right after this. And then nearly 40 minutes with Iggy Caleb Paquin, uh, one of the three longest tenured players for your Wassa Cyclones, has been with us since 2021. He's been through the ups and downs. Such a great perspective on the game of hockey. Battled through a five-month rehab of injury in order to get back on the ice with his guys. He has great insight, just a really fun conversation, great guy to talk to. So please um, stick around for that. And if you feel like sharing the podcast around, we would appreciate that as well. You can rate, review, subscribe, share it on your social medias. People are going to want to hear what Caleb 
has to say in this episode. We appreciate you being here inside Cyclones Hockey. As always, Zach Serway coming up right after this. All right, Cyclones fans, I want to take a quick second and talk to you about our friends at Mullins Cheese. We're located right in the center of Wisconsin, and nothing screams Wisconsin more than some cheese, specifically Mullins Cheese. We love cheese in all forms, all shapes, all sizes, and Mullins Cheese has it all. Did you know that you can tell who has the best cheese curds around by the squeak? Well, it's true. And at Mullins Cheese, they pack their cheese curds so that you can heat to squeak. Mullins Cheese isn't going to argue about who has the best cheese curds. They will just let the squeak speak for itself. Make sure you look for new heat to squeak packaging when you visit Mullins Cheese. That's why they say whether you're heading north or heading home, make Mullins a part of your journey. Mullins Cheese located at exit 175 off I-39 in Knowlton. And welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Join me now is Director of Business Operations for your Wausau Cyclones, Zach Surway. Zach, uh, very cool, very busy weekend last weekend at the Marathon County Ice Arena. Uh, successful $2 beer night, but really the standout from that night was a very successful Cyclones alumni uh, uh, night slash Hall of Fame induction Big crowd on hand, lots of former Cyclones, and three more very deserving members of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is always cool. Um, I know uh, that's a favorite of uh, several people um, every single year to see some of the old-timers um, that date back all the way to 1972 when the Cyclones got their start. So um, certainly is talking with some of those guys, it's always um fun for them to get together and reminisce a little bit about uh, the old times at Marathon Park. And it was cool to, uh, of course, induct three new members into the Wausau Cyclones Hall of Fame and Bob Hayes, uh, Jeff Marinsky, and of course, the, uh, the late Walter Coke fail as well. So happy to have them in the Hall of Fame and we'll have to um, get their, uh, their names, of course, here rather quickly um on that uh plaque outside the uh cyclones office and it'd be cool to, to see three more added on to that list yeah and that thing uh filling up uh you know at, at three a year uh that you get names on there um pretty fast so definitely cool to see uh, lots of great names on there lots of history um on that board and uh, some very very successful important people in wisconsin hockey in general not just in cyclones history but uh, a lot of those guys going on to found different teams and um and uh coach uh big time games and and uh, just legends of wisconsin hockey um uh mr fail um even a member of the wisconsin hockey hall of fame up in Eagle River. So some very, very cool stuff uh, each and every year during alumni night. Uh, $2 beer night went off without a hitch as well. One of everybody's favorite nights. And then the next night was the Corgi race. Um, I was not in the building. It was the first Corgi race. I didn't personally get to call, but I heard uh, the highlights. Kurt did a great job uh, bringing the energy, calling the race. Um, what was the name of the winner and, uh, overall, how did, uh, how did the Corgis do? Yeah, the, the race was, uh, it was really cool. Again, we had two, of course, two different heat races of the 15 and, 
Um, in the first heat race, it was Mika who uh, took that first race. She was the uh, defending champion from the previous year and ended up winning the championship race again this year. So back she goes back to back um, championships uh, at the Cyclones Corgi races. So it's always super cool to see the fan reaction, everyone standing, um, watching the races, and the, of course the Corgis um, running all over. Um, the, the rink was definitely unique, and it was a lot of fun to uh, to just have uh, some really good energy in, in the rink. And uh, of course people enjoying petting the Corgis as they're making their way around the facility the whole night as well. Well, I'll tell you what, Zach, if Mika can come back and do it again next year, we might have ourselves the first uh, um, canine member of the Cyclones Hall of Fame. That's some impressive stuff. Yep, she's she's building a, a little bit of a, a dynasty here. So it's, um, especially even even in the, I'm sure as you mentioned, see, if you didn't, haven't checked it out yet, uh, you can head to our YouTube page at Wasa Cyclones and, and check the uh both the heat races out and the uh, championship race, but it was was a photo finish. Um, three uh, dogs right there in a row between uh, Mika Scout and Sir Charles Flufferbottom um, came in third. So was a was a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to doing it again next year. And we'll have uh, some more dog races upcoming here in a couple weeks. Yeah, we're um, after a few years of doing this, we're getting familiar with some of those names. I'm pretty sure uh, Charles Flufferbottom has uh, been an entrant and uh, has finished towards the top in past years as well. I am actively trying to get that whole race in the beginning of the podcast. It's uh, kind of a long video to um, uh, record and, and convert and all of that. So if uh, it's not in the beginning, definitely go check it out over on the Wausau Cyclones YouTube page. Uh, so all the excitement of the Corgi race, and uh, it is not over because we have our wiener dog races coming up this Saturday, uh, excuse me, um, two a couple Saturdays from now, February 3rd, when the Cyclones hit home ice once again. Yeah, so um, upcoming that Saturday, uh, if you're looking for all the details on the, the winter dog races, you can just head to wassacyclones.com backslash winter dog races. Um, currently ongoing, we have um, our annual specialty winter dog races merch uh, that is available. Um, it's on that page. A portion of those proceeds are going to benefit the New Life Pet Adoption Center. Uh, here in the area so you can check out all those merchandise items all the the sale for um those items will end upcoming this saturday at midnight um, and of course you'll be able to pick up all of them items the night of the winter dog races on february 3rd we will have a small selection of uh items that people can purchase the night of uh, that game as well one other item that I wanted to, to make note to the listeners here today on the Weird Dog Races is we do have a couple spots uh, still available here. If you uh, if you have a Weird Dog that you'd like to uh, to enter in, in the race, um, it's going to go pretty quickly here. So if you want to uh, to get your Weird Dog into the race and enjoy all the excitement of them being the star of the show that night, um, again, just head to that link um, on our website. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's tons of fun. And if you have, if you think your wiener dog has what it takes, definitely enter them. Um, I don't think that there's been a dominant wiener dog the way that Mika has dominated the Corgi races. I uh, could be wrong. Maybe uh, we'll have a back-to-back -back again this year, but definitely um, enter your, your dog and you never know uh, if they're going to be victorious, win yourself a, a, a nice little uh, prize and get honored at center ice uh, with your dog. Uh, a very cool memory. Uh, to share with your pet so definitely sign up if you are interested so that is february 3rd and then the following weekend we're back to our uh, usual giveaways we got a cyclones hat giveaway which people always love uh some people out there that have been uh, faithful fans probably have quite the cyclones hat collection uh going on um, over these last few years and then one of the biggest nights of the year, anticipating a sellout crowd for Selly Cinco de Cyclones bobblehead giveaway on Saturday, February 10th. Zach, both very, very exciting uh, giveaways coming up. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a, a lot of fun. And the thing that, uh, as we've seen this um, past Saturday with the Corgi races, especially for these next three games, uh, upcoming you want to get your tickets online and ahead of time and uh show up early as well um especially obviously for the the giveaway nights uh upcoming so um the giveaway on the ninth with the hat that's the first 250 and then like you mentioned the bobblehead uh that's the first 500 fans uh through the doors um those nights so Head uh, online, get your tickets now, and it's obviously the team is is playing really well, and we're four points ahead of uh, the power for first place, looking to uh, to lock up that number one seed. So these upcoming games will be obviously crucial uh, to that uh, mission as well. Yeah, and uh, shout out Wisconsin Corn and Latakaria for sponsoring those giveaways, by the way, and. My uh, high school Spanish teacher would have been very disappointed in me. It's a uh, Selly Cinco de Ciclones bobblehead uh, giveaway. So I uh, got to get the proper pronunciation there uh, for the La Taqueria, um bobblehead giveaway, which is always a massive, massive hit. And if you want to see that design, you can do so over on our social media pages. Just probably going to have to uh, uh, scroll back a little bit. Is it available on the website as well uh, to take a look at what that's uh, that's going to look like? Yeah, if you... If you want to head to our social media channels, channels you can uh, can see that bobblehead uh, as well. Um, it actually arrived just last Thursday, so the bobbleheads are, are ready to go and sitting in storage here for a couple weeks and uh, ready to uh, be given away on February 10th. Awesome. Well, if we get through those three games that we just talked about with three more Cyclones victories, guess what, Zach? We'll be staring down the barrel of a perfect season there would only be two home games remaining playoffs not included following that season and that would just be something uh, I don't think any one of us players coaches uh, staff I don't think anybody imagined a perfect um, season at home but it's just another special thing that this uh, special group of guys uh, has been able to do now we are quite a ways away that from that yet we still got to go five more wins on home ice a couple of big big tills against the uh west bend power um but we're five games away right now from perfection that is crazy well actually it's it's six games so we still got that game in in march as well but um but yeah we're we're super close um 
quite a few contests, obviously, with the uh, the West Bend Power with three against them and then two against St. Louis and then one more to close out uh, the season against Oregon on March 2nd. So um, definitely uh, need to take them uh, one at a time. But I think that February 3rd one uh, is definitely going to be circled amongst our squad with a, a home and home that weekend against West Bend and obviously a, a lot at stake. So. Uh, still plenty to go, but uh, I would think by now it's definitely going to be in the player's mind of wanting to obviously keep that streak alive, and um, they have a legit shot at, at trying to make it happen here with just uh, six games remaining. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, chances are um, they're waning as we're getting down towards the uh, end of the season here, uh, but you can enjoy the Clone Zone each and every Cyclones home game as well. Best deal in the entire area, certainly in the NA3. Going to get you a great spot along the home glass behind the net. Going to get complimentary snacks, complimentary beverage, as well as getting to keep your mug. So always keep in mind that uh, you can hit up the clone zone each and every time the Cyclones play in Wausau. Uh, So that is what's coming up on the horizon, taking us all the way through uh, Saturday, February 10th. Uh, Zach... We got a couple other uh, things, non-hockey things to talk about. Fortunately for me, I know I'm not the curse. Unfortunately for you, it seems you might be another devastating Packers playoff loss during a Cyclones game once again at the hands of the 49ers. But, hey, unlike a couple of years ago when the Packers only scored, what, seven points and just could not get the offense going – Offense played really well, just came down to a missed kick and a couple Jordan Love interceptions, but what a great game that was all the way up until about the last five minutes. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll say the vibes were good in the office, Jake, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did have some doubt creep in that uh, I almost wanted the, – obviously our game ended um, a little bit midway through the third period or third quarter, I should say, of the Packer game. So I, I almost had some doubts of uh, just dishing out of the, the ice arena and coming back and finishing my work uh, later on. But, yeah, it was obviously uh, frustrating to, to watch that final uh, couple of minutes. But um, at the end of the day, that's what sports is all about. Um, you got to. Sometimes it can be crushing. So um, hopefully uh, next year, next season, they can get an opportunity, a little bit more experience and, and finish the deal. But uh, it's unfortunate because uh, they were definitely, uh, I think, overall the, the better team that night. And um, I'll say this one thing about the 49ers. I don't think Brock Purdy is their guy to, uh, to, to lead their team down in the future. I don't think... Uh, He's a he's a different maker difference maker going forward. He's just kind of a just a guy, if you will. So we'll see how they do this weekend against the Lions. Actually, probably I'll be honest. I'm likely not even going to watch that game. It it hurts too much, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I I can't blame you. I I am uh, now rooting fully for the Lions and. Uh, once the game's on, I probably will flip it on because it's football and there's only three games left in the season. But um, Brock Purdy certainly up in the air right now. He was obviously great for most of the season, but it's easy to be great on a dominant team, right? Uh, so I guess we'll see what he can uh, do against the Lions defense, which all of a sudden is playing well uh, out of nowhere. Um, but a Lions and Packers 
uh, NFC Championship in Detroit would have just been uh, something incredible, would have been a, a very memorable game no matter what the result. We were almost there, and I will say for as many negative things as I've said about Jordan Love over the past three years or so on Twitter and on multiple different uh, podcasts and radio networks, I will say that uh, he impressed me for the last six weeks or so. I think um, if he didn't impress you, you just weren't weren't quite watching uh, Packers football. So I think maybe all the disdain I had for Jordan Love over the years, I'm now just going to put on to Andres Carlson. I don't know how you can 41 yards and you're a professional kicker and your brother is, you know, one of the, you know, great accurate kickers in the NFL right now. You cannot miss a 41 yarder in that situation. That was just, just horrible. And of course, Jordan Love ended up throwing a couple, that first interception, bad pass way behind the receiver. That one's on him. And then, just not using your head, you know, big moment trying to make a play. I get it. But two timeouts, basically a minute left, and you you pull the old Brett Favre running one way and tossing it the other way into triple coverage, and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, definitely be a learning moment for him, and hopefully he can get better by it. But uh, it was a, a fun season while it lasted. But, uh, like, uh, I texted you, Jake. I think uh, – we might just have to do something next year where we tell the uh, the league the league that uh, there's no home dates available in, in uh, on weekends in January here in Wausau. That way we can uh, try to avoid the playoff curse um, in uh, 2025. Yeah, that, I mean, at this point, the NFL is not giving us a break. They've they're not giving us any NF uh, Sunday games. They're always making the Packers play Saturday night, and we always seem to be at home. So that might be. The only choice that we have, Zach, is just tell the NA3, hey, look, the NFL won't toss us and throw us a bone. So uh, we're just not available to play at home <laughs> at all in January. Uh, that's definitely maybe something that we'll have to consider. And uh, also uh, some other some other news here real quickly. I'm sure that you saw this. If not, you know, it happened in the last uh, half an hour. But Milwaukee Bucks have fired their head coach, Adrian Griffin, um, you know, it hasn't it's been it's been no secret that the uh, that Giannis wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of him, was mad when they got rid of Bud. Uh, so Griffin uh, does not make it uh, through the year. Uh, what do you make of that? I think it's uh, it's uh, pretty interesting um, regarding, I don't know what his contract situation was, but uh, I guess the ownership group there uh, is willing to obviously pay out that contract and get it corrected. Um I'll say this, though, I think about the Giannis thing from the sounds of it is that he wanted uh, that guy hired and to join the, the team. And that was the guy that he wanted. So I think some of those important decisions of obviously you have to appease, um, you know, your top players and your superstars on your organizations. But um, sometimes uh, there's a reason why they're not. Um, they're playing on the, the field or on the court um, or on the ice and uh, the experts or so-called experts that uh, have done it for a profession are better suited at making those type of decisions. I think you can even see it with that former port, uh, Packers quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who just wanted to play with all of his buddies in uh, New York with the Jets and look how that turned out for him. Um with uh, Alan Lazard and some of his other friends that he brought along with him to New York. Injury aside, so um, that's just something to think about that I thought of um, when I seen that news come down. 
Yeah, the Bucks. Uh, it's interesting because uh, you know they're thirty and thirteen, good enough for second in the East. But obviously, uh, there was some locker room tiffs, or they had bigger, even better expectations than thirty and thirteen at this point in the season. They just gave up a hundred and thirteen points to the D four win Detroit Pistons last night. Giannis uh, a triple double adding three steals and two blocks. So uh, you can't have your superstar playing that well and only beating a four-win team by nine points. So uh, there's definitely uh, definitely some problems there. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if this Bucks roster is still a, a championship roster and who they might bring in. The scuttlebutt on Twitter is maybe Doc Rivers. Uh, some people uh, seem to be against that. As Zach, knowing you, I would assume that you're <laughs> uh, probably on that train where you don't want Doc Rivers. But, uh, I mean... At this point, I think it's uh, bringing somebody that will get out of uh, their own way and uh, uh, let the players play and and figure things out from there. At this point, I don't I don't think you're bringing in a guy that you're going to necessarily sign to four or five years right away. But uh, um, this is about the time of year where I start to follow basketball more closely. So uh, this is definitely definitely intriguing for me. So we'll see where it goes from here. No doubt, no, should be fun to watch. Yeah, so that is your uh, Wisconsin sports update with uh, Jake and Zach. There, uh, <laughs> thanks to uh, all you, all of you out there who are from uh, different corners of the country that uh, <laughs> probably don't even know who Adrian Griffin is. Uh, we appreciate you uh, uh, putting up with us chatting here for a couple of minutes. Well, Zach, uh, Cyclones uh, on the road against Wilmer this weekend, but we will see you for that Saturday Wiener Dog race on February third. See you then. Go Clones. Go Clones. That is Director of Business Operations for the Wasa Cyclones, Zach Surway. At Precision Body and Frame, customer satisfaction is based on years of experience. As our customer, you will receive the finest quality repairs available. We are ready and willing to answer all of your questions concerning repair or estimating process. Our professional staff will assist you with your insurance company and claims handling procedures. Visit precisionbodyandframe.com for more details on all the services. Better begins offered. by listening to each other. Better begins at Aspirus Health. Health, healing, happiness. At Aspirus Health, we know the best healing begins by first listening carefully. To schedule an appointment, call 800-847-4707 or you can visit aspirus.org. Welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now for the first time on the podcast. Uh, he is the longest, one of the longest, if not the longest tenured Cyclone. Joining us three seasons ago back in 2021. Forward from Moorhead, Minnesota, number 22, Caleb Paquin. And uh, Caleb, a couple things to address right off the top. Talk to you about this before we started recording. I've been calling, I've been pronouncing your, your last name wrong for the last three seasons. I very much <laughs> apologize. I should have cleared that up. And I also owe you an apology for um, waiting so long to get you on the podcast. You've been one of the most important players on this team for three seasons now, and I haven't gotten you on. So I owe you a couple of apologies right off the top. Yeah, no, I'm uh, excited to be on the podcast. Uh, definitely uh, listened to some of my other teammates on the podcast and was like, oh, man, it'd be pretty cool to get on there. Um, yeah, no, no issues. I mean, my my last name and first name are a little tricky, especially how they're spelt. You know, no one, no one's Caleb with a K-A-L-O-B, so... <laughs> 
Well, at, at least I've been able to get the first name right over these last three years. So uh, give me half credit or something, maybe. But regardless, I do apologize. And we're very happy to have you here on the podcast. Uh, we got a lot to get into because, as I mentioned, you have been around maybe the longest out of anybody in a Cyclones jersey. You're going on your 90th game played with obviously a pretty significant injury keeping you off uh, the ice for quite a while this season. So that number could be way higher. So uh just going to kind of dive right into it. Um, we'll start with how I like to start with uh, with all the guys. Tell me a little bit about uh, growing up, playing hockey in Minnesota, obviously the state of hockey. Probably you were surrounded by it. I'm sure you had family members that played and stuff. But tell me you know, how and when you started playing, and then give me your journey through youth hockey, um, high school, and then how did you eventually end up back in 2021 here in Wausau? Yeah, so actually, funny enough um, – my family is a wrestling family. So, uh, you know, all my uncles, they all wrestled uh, on both sides, my mom and dad's. Um, the only person that was actually playing hockey was my dad. And he was kind of the odd one out of the group because um, he's got three other brothers that all wrestled. And so growing up, I did both hockey and wrestling. Um, stuck to hockey right away. Uh, learned to skate, I think, probably when I was three years old. Um and just, yeah, the state of hockey is probably one of the best places to play hockey. I mean, you grow up and you wear your colors for your city and kind of represent. So growing up, um, representing my city was really fun. Um, got to high school, was a little tricky, had a lot of great guys at my school. Um, and I just wasn't getting the playing time I really deserved, I thought. Uh, took a kind of a gamble on myself my senior year. And that's when I went out and did a lot of training camps. And the first Cyclones head coach, Colin Bailey, uh, spotted me. And that's when he's like, hey, I, I got a spot for you. I think you're a great addition to the team. You're, you're going to be a diamond in the rough. I want you to come play for us. And I was like, all right, you know what? Instead of high school hockey, instead of playing AAA, we're going to jump right into it and go go play some junior hockey. So that's kind of – the gist of it really uh it was yeah definitely a weird weird time going um in high school for me personally so well we're very glad that you ended up here in Wausau and I can definitely I definitely know what Colin uh saw in you the way that you play on the ice you have a, a, a very aggressive style your presence is always felt uh on the ice and um yeah growing up in Minnesota it's gotta always be everybody's dream to you know play in that state tournament sold out uh excel energy center all that stuff but if it's just not there you you take the risk and you uh, uh try and move up to a a better opportunity and and um uh you you made the choice to move into juniors do you think that uh playing in such in such a competitive high school i guess league you could call it or 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 um you know, such competitive high school hockey in Minnesota, did that help you with the transition into the NA3 at that earlier age? Uh, I definitely would say so. I mean, you know, we were traveling down and to the cities every other weekend. And, you know, like one of the most notable names I remember playing against was actually Jackson Blake, who's a forward for the UND Fighting Hawks uh, drafted by the Cycl uh, or the Hurricanes. Not, <laughs> But uh yeah, no, like we would play him and he's D1 committed as a as an eighth grader. And, you know, we would play be playing him and all this great talent. And so I think that's what really helped me prepare 
um, to make the big jump. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, your your playing style uh, growing up, and if it's changed at all the older that you've gotten. Right now, um, you've recorded eight goals and seven assists for a total of fifteen points, but it feels like you know you really um, kind of make your hay and make your presence known in other ways. If there ever needs to be, you know. Um, uh, somebody on the other team is jaw jacking a little bit. Somebody needs to step up and do something about it. You, number 22 is right there, ready to go. Uh, and that's not a detriment. That's not a bad thing at all. Hockey teams especially need a, a guy like that who's willing to kind of sacrifice himself, maybe sacrifice some ice time to either make a point or or take care of a guy, uh, protect your own guy. So um, has that always – have you always been willing to do that? Has that always been instinctual for you? Or when did you kind of become – that guy who's willing to not even necessarily drop the gloves, but uh, just, you know, uh, not let the other team have anything easy. Yeah. So I'd say uh, I started out and I really wanted to be, you know, that Sidney Crosby guy out there and stuff like that. But um, one of the best things about hockey is there's so many different roles that can be filled. And I figured it out pretty early. I'd say um, that, I'm going to be the guy that's going to be in front of the net on the power play, eating the cross checks. I'm going to be the guy in the corner, absolutely winning any 50-50 puck battle on the wall and creating space for the other guys that are playing like Sidney Crosby, you know? So I think I figured it out right away that I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone and just, just work and outwork anyone. Cause I figured out pretty early that, I don't really, ha- I didn't really have the skill set growing up. So I figured I'm just going to outwork everybody. So, and there's definitely, like I said, there's uh, more than enough room for a guy like that on any roster. And that was proven because you uh, recently made a D1 ACHA commit. So, congratulations there. And we'll talk about that here in uh, just a few minutes. But uh, um, you've, you've kind of had that playing style over the course of a couple different coaches now between Coach Bailey and Coach Oystrick. Even this season, you waited so long, I'm sure, chomping at the bit to get back on the ice. Your very first game, you get in a fight, you get tossed, you don't even get to play the whole game. Is there ever any, like, regrets when you hit the locker room? Be like, man, I wish I could get a couple more shifts tonight. Or or is it always worth it to you, to, you know, to uh, make the point, you know, get in the, get in the tussle, and then even if it does cost you the rest of the night or an extra game or whatever, is it always worth it in your mind? Or do coaches think that it's worth it? Have they ever... Told you, hey, Caleb, maybe we could have used you tonight. Uh, talk me through that a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'd, I definitely would say uh, there's a little bit of regret there. Um, but I look back on it, and I'm kind of like, you know what? I was doing, I was doing something right by the team. Um, for example, this year, you know, Dominic Bordon, one of, one of our underrated players right now, you know, when you see a guy take out his knee like that, and in, it basically intentionally try and hurt him, you know, there's, there's this presence where it's like, no, you can't do that to our teammates. That's not allowed. So, you know, I really got to set the bar straight with him and I, you know, I, I rang the bell and answered it. So it was something I had to do. And I think I'd do anything for any of the guys, whether it was Dom, whether it was, you know, uh, John, Chris, anyone, I, you know, this team is my family and I want to protect them any way I can, whether that, maybe you know fighting or you know laying a nice hit and something like that so uh some regrets sometimes um looking back on it but then I just gotta look at the big picture and I did it I did it to protect my team so 
And uh, if there's one guy that can get the crowd going, it's it's almost always you. People people love watching you uh, get into those tiffs. And like I said, you you never back down. So you've been an absolute pleasure to, to get to call games for for the last few seasons here. And you've kind of experienced the ups and downs of the Cyclone franchise. We've only been around for four years. You've been here for three of those four years. Um, made the playoffs your first year here, I believe. And then um, – Colin leaves early on in the season. Coach Oystrick comes in. You guys, uh, you know, by all accounts, talking to Coach Oystrick, talking to players from last year, you knew that you were better record-wise than what, you know, was indicated last year. And then you come back and you're having a phenomenal season this year. Um, what makes this group in particular so special? You know, you just said that you'd do anything for any of these guys. And that's kind of been reiterated by almost every interview. It seems like you guys are just crazy close, especially for a junior hockey team that doesn't always tend to be to be the case guys are competing guys are trying to move up uh you're you know in and out of locker rooms a lot of times but you've been kind of a staple of this team so uh what's made this group so special and have allowed you guys to to find the insane success that you've had so far yeah i guess uh i i think i would have to you know owe it all to oystrick on his recruiting abilities i mean he he you know, the thing about coaching is you try and find the right mix of guys to create that perfect chemistry. And I think within like the first two weeks of training camp, we all started just clicking. And, you know, this is probably by far, I've played a lot of, played on a lot of teams. I've played at different sports with different teammates and stuff like that. But I think by far, this is the closest I've ever been with everyone on the team. Like everybody I can go up to and, and, and talk to them and, hang out with them and just, you know, we're just all there for each other. And we all have the same goal in mind and that's winning Frazier cup. And these guys all work every day. We're at practice and every day is to the grindstone. And I think that's, that's the, the big thing for us this year. So how have you been able to kind of rally together with, obviously the NA three is a stepping stone league. You guys all want to move on. You guys all want to advance. That is the point of the league. So when you have a guy uh, who's been around for a while on the team, just like you in, in Gabe Randall, he's your, Hey, he's your captain. He's integral in every single part on the ice, obviously a leader off the ice as well. Now he's, you know, he's gone and I'm not sure, you know, if he's coming back for playoffs or if he's gone for good, I'm not, you know, um, uh, I, I'm not completely clear on that, but right now and probably through the rest of the uh, regular season, uh, he's not going to be a presence uh, on the ice anymore. So have you guys talked about, you know, who's going to have to step up, how you're going to kind of make up for, um, you know, such a, such a big loss in your team like that? I think it's uh, not all on one person, but I think we're all realizing we need to step up together. I think that's a big thing for us this year is we have the depth. Um, a lot of teams, you know, have that first line, second line, and then the rest kind of, you know, fall off. I think, you know, our first line can compete with our fourth line. I think our third line can compete with our second line. I think we all bring a skill set to the table where we can all step up and fill in those big shoes that Randy left behind for us. Yeah, and uh, it was on display last weekend, your first couple of games without him, and you guys take care of business without too much uh, struggle uh, on home ice. And you're going to be tested uh, quite a few times coming down the home stretch here. You're battling for that first place in the Central Division, and you got six massive contests coming up with the West Bend Power, who you've barely seen at all this season. So uh, there'll definitely be uh, plenty of opportunities for guys to step up. 
and, uh, you know, guys to play big roles. And uh, you scored your first goal of the season. Wiggins scored his first goal of the season. You guys both were pretty injured for a big part um, of the year. I'm looking back here. It says that you played one game back on October 27th, and then you were out again until the second week of December. Um, uh, I I guess I don't didn't remember if you – actually played that early game or not. But regardless, you missed a lot of games at the beginning of the season. And we were kind of chatting after real quickly after the, the game on Friday night. And you said once you scored that goal, it was just such like kind of a freeing feeling, everything off your back, and it's just going to allow you to kind of go out and play. Walk me through, you know, you got the injury. The guys are out there playing such great hockey, undefeated on home ice. Now you finally are able to get a couple games on your belt. Boom, you score that goal. What's the feeling there after that goal and just being able to get back on the ice? Yeah, so uh, actually, funny enough, I didn't play that game in October. That that must be a little glitch in the system. I, I didn't think so because I, I was looking and I was like, that'd be weird if you missed a few ge- like the first bunch of weeks of games, played one game randomly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. NA3's website isn't always the greatest when it comes to reliable <laughs> stats. But so you're out for the entire you know season up until December 9th. Um, then finally back on the ice. Yeah. So I got hurt during the summer at a training camp for a null team. Um, yeah. So I ended up spraining my ACL and my meniscus and tore my quadricep. So I had to go through intense rehab and I had to be at home for that. So watching the guys just succeed and be this great team that they are, that we are, uh, it made me chomp at the bit for sure. I wanted to be with the guys. I wanted to be skating and stuff like that. So when I finally got the clear, um, played my first couple games under the belt, you know, it's hard to get into it after so long of an injury. I think it was like five months. Um, so when I, when I scored that goal, got my first point of the year, um, just a relief off the shoulders is just unmatched like it was just so much I was able to just be like okay all right we got it out of the way now I can focus on just playing my game because I got the first goal of the season out of the way it's it's done I got it we're good let's keep going if I get more awesome if I don't that's fine too because I want to play good for the team and self and yeah it was it was definitely a roller coaster uh this season for me so far but I'm just happy to be skating again and hopefully stay uh, healthy for the rest of the year. Yeah. With such a significant injury and, you know, extended rehab like that, there ever any, um, you know, doubt that creeps into your mind? Is it, have you ever thought, did you ever think, you know, is it, you know, is it worth it? This sucks so much or was it always just uh eye on the prize? I'm grinding away and I know I'm going to be back someday, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, I would definitely say uh, my eyes were on the prize the whole time. Uh, my biggest worry was just like is is it going to be the same though is my knee going to be the same and so you know that whole time I'm like nope this, there's a reason why I'm doing this rehab there's a reason why I'm doing this PT and stuff like that but you know first couple times skating you know you kind of you kind of wince you kind of save it and don't really fully trust your knee yet so you know you take these turns and the in these crossovers and I'm really hesitant but once I got over that barrier, I was able to just be like, oh, no, you know what? I did all that rehab for a reason. My knee is good to go. And, you know, I haven't had an issue with it really since uh, since then. So 
Yeah, that's great. I've never personally, you know, I played hockey competitively for 16 or 17 years and I never suffered a major injury like that. So I feel very lucky. And uh, I'm always wondering kind of, you know, that mindset with guys, because I'm sure some days it's just got to be really tough, especially when it's in the midst of a season. Um, but happy that you're feeling good and, and feeling healthy and, and back here with the team. Um, so a couple other things to address here, uh, not necessarily Cyclones related. Uh, you go by the nickname of of Iggy. Everybody calls you Iggy. Everybody knows you as Iggy. Um, where did that come from? Because uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I understand you. You said uh, your nickname at growing up sometimes was uh, um, Pac Man. That makes a lot of sense coming off your name. But where did Iggy come from? So my middle name is Ignatius. Okay. Um, so I named after my great grandfather, uh, and, and the saint, um, yeah, I just, the, the nickname for Ignatius was Iggy and, you know, my, my grandpa would call me it here and there. My sister called me it here and there. And growing up, I, I liked Caleb more. Um, but I actually played for a summer hockey team when I was about 13, 14 years old. And we had two other Caleb's on the team. So I was like, you know what? Just call me Iggy, guys. And it just stuck. Like, I just loved it. I just loved it. And ever since then, everyone was like, yeah, that's Iggy. That's Iggy. And it was really only because I had two other Caleb's on my summer hockey team. So I just stuck with it. <laughs> and that ended up working out well. I think Iggy is like a perfect, you know, and, and usually in hockey, everybody's nickname just is like some part of their name with a, you know, a Y sound at the end anyway. So naturally to make the jump to Iggy, it, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I've, I've always been curious about that. Um, uh, so if, uh, anybody ever, you know, has heard me say Iggy on the broadcaster and guys, you know, when they're talking about you in these interviews, they'll call you Iggy. So uh, they've been talking about Caleb, everybody, if you've been uh, uh, confused by <laughs> that in the past. Um so I mentioned it a little a few minutes ago, a little bit ago, that you have made a D1 ACHA commitment. That's uh, got to be an awesome feeling, too, after, you know, taking a, a risk, a chance on yourself, moving to this league, and it ends up paying off uh, in a D1 commitment. Uh, how did you end up uh, committing um, to, let's see, uh, you went to, you're going to uh, Jamestown, uh, I believe. So how did you end up yep. getting hooked up there? And uh, give me that excitement level. Obviously, still a lot of hockey left to play here in Wausau. Uh, you guys got big aspirations here, but once it's all said and done and you move on, you got to be excited about Jamestown. Yeah, no, super excited about Jamestown. I mean, I love the culture and everything there. Uh, I took my official visit um, in November and I just loved the culture. It was amazing. You know, everyone was there to work and met the team and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I met the coach about towards the end of the season last year. Uh, we ch chatted a little bit just because, you know, Jamestown's actually an hour straight west from my hometown. So, you know, it feels kind of local, hometown. And I talked to him quite a bit. Uh and then going into this season, you know, he knew I was injured. He was like, I've, I've seen you play before already. I know you're going to be that guy for us. And so after the showcase, I was like, yep, Jamestown's the fit for me. And that's when I, I sealed the deal with them and, and signed, uh, signed my letter of intent. That's awesome. Uh, congrats. Definitely a big congratulations uh, are, are in order. Um, 
that's the goal, right? You, you come here um, uh, to this league and uh, you try and get your name out there. You try and keep your hockey career going. I mean, most guys, uh, uh, there's a reason that they, that they want to keep playing after high school. It's because they love this game. They want to take it as far as they can. And uh, you're one of the guys on this squad that's been able to accomplish that. Uh, so uh, definitely very cool. And I'm sure you're going to find uh, success there um, playing the same style that you've, that you've played here in Wausau. Um, so you strike me as a guy that's uh, consumes a lot of hockey or watched a lot of hockey growing up. Is that true? Or are you like, just a, are you a fan of the game or do you mostly focus on, on playing? I know a lot of guys, they just, it consumes their life so much that they don't go home and watch hockey. Um, but just curious if you watched a lot of NHL growing up or who some of your favorite players are, things like that. Uh, I'm an eat, sleep hockey guy. Uh, my dad was a hockey coach my whole life. He actually was a, a NCAA D3 hockey coach. And yeah, I just, we would watch every game every night, whenever there was a game on it's hockey was on the TV. Um, I love watching other leagues. I love watching, um, you know, the NHL, my favorite team's the wild. So great, great perk being in Wisconsin is you guys have it on Bally Sports North. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a huge perk for me since you guys don't have an NHL team. So I really like watching the wild whenever I can. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a big hockey guy. A lot of guys don't like it, but, or to, you know, watch it uh, when they get done with practice, but I'm a, I'm a guy that's always watching. I grew up the same way. Like my parents had like NHL, um, the season ticket on both Sirius XM and TV. So whether we were driving to a tournament, driving to games on the weekend, sitting at home, watching, uh, whatever, okay, hockey was just always on. So, uh, I, I didn't know that there was any other way. I assumed growing up that everybody that played hockey was obsessed with hockey. But then when I got older, I found out that that's not necessarily true, but sometimes you just get the vibe from guys that it's just like, yeah, this, you know, like you said, eat, eat, sleep, breathe hockey. So I definitely, yeah. uh, I love to hear that. And you come from a hockey family. I'm glad you ended up going, uh, well, hockey, you know, family, as far as your dad goes, uh, glad you ended up going the hockey route. Uh, were you a good wrestler? Did you ever consider continuing wrestling or did you just, you loved hockey too much? Uh, I did it real young. Um, and I love, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. And even growing up now, uh, I have two younger brothers that are on the high school team. And when I go home, I watch them. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, what if I would have stuck with it? Yeah. And done done that instead. And I, I think it would have been a grand old time. I think I would have had fun. Um, but I definitely I love hockey just too much. It's just in my blood, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, um, like you said, you're lucky, you know, coming from Minnesota, uh, definitely there's access to Minnesota games here. Wisconsin probably will never, unfortunately, get a pro team. No, I'm not sure, you know, um, if I even want one at this point. I grew up without one my entire life, and I feel like I'd get ripped off if, you know, now a team would come to Wisconsin and I didn't get to cheer for them my entire life when I was a, a little kid. But I've been to countless wild games. I'm a goalie guy. I played goalie my entire life since my second year in Mites, and uh, I've been dying i've been trying to see mark andre Fleury one more time before he retires oh, yeah. it's just so inconsistent i never know when he's going to start so uh it's been hard to commit getting over to minnesota getting over to the to the xl and then all of a sudden boom flowers on the bench like that would that would kind of suck but i'm trying to figure out how to see Fleury one more time yeah no Fleury's awesome i mean i i'm a i'm one of those forwards or hockey players that that uh, love the goalies. I love the goalies. You know, I love Tanner, Bonginor, 
I love Colin Lemansky. I sit right next to Colin Lemansky, actually. Um, you know, I love Brady Frail. They, they these guys are hilarious. I think I think they're so funny. They got a hilarious humor humor, and then I love to see when they they flip the switch and they're game ready. And so I, I'm a, I'm always the guys that's you know on the ice during practice talking to the goalies and stuff like that. So. Oh, I wish that uh, more locker rooms had guys like you, because especially when you're growing up, kids are cruel, right? And it's easy to, you know, single out a goalie, pick on a goalie, uh, you know, um, uh, easy to, to put guys down until you get older and you realize like, hey, maybe that's not the best way to to treat your teammates. Maybe that's not the best way to, you know, support your guys. And uh, I love it. The guys that play, you know, later on, you know, more advanced um, uh, levels of hockey, they seem to always have, you know, respect for the goalies. But when you're growing up, it's just like uh, sometimes they get they get singled out, or the forwards think that you know they're you know uh, God's greatest gift to the to the sport, and, and everything is the goalie's fault. So I definitely love uh, having forwards uh, forwards like you. Uh, they make just the game so much more fun. But I'm glad you brought up your goaltender group because uh, I've asked almost everybody uh, this year. Just you know, haven't you guys have been had a lot of success on the offensive side of things? You haven't really had to win too many, you know, two to one, three to two type games or anything. There's been a few tight ones. Um, but when it does come come down to those situations, you know, knowing that any one of your three guys is going to be there and it's just so solid between the pipes and then having Lemansky, who's, you know, in my opinion, especially from what I've seen, he's the best goalie in the NA3, especially when he's on. He's incredible. So just having that comfort and having that support with your goalie group has got to be awesome. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more with Colin Lemansky. He's by far, I think, I think stats wise too, even he is the best goalie in the NA three and that guy works hard. Uh, you know, you can't take him off the ice. You can't, I mean, there's days when, you know, he'll play four games in a row or something and coach is like, Hey, maybe you should take a Monday off. And he's chomping at the, he's like, no, no. Or after practices, practices will be done. Coaches are gone. And he's like, yeah, let's do shootouts, guys. Like, he's the one saying, well, let's do shootouts. Normally, it's the forwards and players, they're all, hey, let's do a shootout. And the goalie's like, yeah, I don't know. But Lemansky loves it. He loves doing all types of shootouts and everything. And he loves to stay out there. And he's, he's a madman. He's a madman for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's great to hear. Just always hungry for more. You know, a couple more saves, a couple more saves. Um, I haven't gotten – I talked to Colin – Shortly after he got traded for last year, I haven't had any of the goalies on yet this year. I'm planning on doing like a super goalie episode. I know last year, whenever I would have like Mitch on, we'd go like hour long interviews just because we would just get in depth, you know, in the weeds goalie stuff. Uh, so I'm planning like a goalie super episode here in the next couple of weeks, but excited to, to talk to Tanner. Definitely. Uh, well, I think that's all I got for you, man. I, I really appreciate your time again. I apologize. It's, you know, this was a great conversation. I'm sorry that it took so long in the last couple of seasons, but happy that you're back healthy. You're easily going to eclipse a hundred games played in a Cyclones Jersey, which may be a record. I would have to, to confirm that there's been a few guys on the team, um, you know, the different variations of the team going back to the river wolves and stuff that have been around for at least three seasons. Um, but do you know, has anybody, are you the longest tenured Cyclone right now? Has anybody uh, been here three years with you? So, yeah. So since the Cyclones originated, which was my first year, there's three guys on our team currently right now that have been with us the whole time. And that's uh, number 24, Dylan Chapman, who has just a few more games than me 
um, because I, I missed the first half of the season. Uh, and then Dom Bordon, who I mentioned earlier, he's been with us all three years. Rough year for him last year with his shoulder injury. He only played uh, just a game, I believe. But yeah, us three are the last three of the original Cyclones of the first inauguration uh, uh, season. Sorry, yeah. excuse me, but yeah. So um, I've talked. I've had both of them on before. I had Dominic was the first um, player this season, and I was excited to talk to him because he did miss that entire that entire year, and um, he started off pretty hot. Had a couple goals early on. Have been playing really well lately as well. And Chapman has been such a staple as well. Um, things get mixed up in my head. I've been here in in Wausau for five or six seasons now, so I can never remember when the River Wolves ended. When the cyclone started, but you are right. It's been it's been three seasons. I misspoke earlier uh, when I when I said four. But um, so it's it's going to be sad to lose you guys uh, after this season. I believe you're all probably age outs now at this point, having been with the with the team for three years. So on that note, um, obviously the goal this season is to win a Fraser a Fraser Cup, and you've already kind of um, um, cemented where you're going to where your next step is going to be. But for you personally. Um, What's the ultimate goal in, in hockey? Would you like to try and, you know, pursue things after Jamestown? Or are you just going to be happy to get uh, a few more years or whenever you eventually hang them up at some point down the line? What would make you happy to look back on your career and be like, you know, I'm satisfied. I accomplished this. Um, I would definitely say my ultimate goal is just to play as long as I can. Um, I think after Jamestown, I would love to try and play pro hockey uh, whether that be here or in Europe, I really want to play pro hockey and be able to be like, yeah, no, I, I, I played professional hockey. I think that's that's my goal, my ultimate goal, I'd say, um, for me. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the dedication, the drive that you obviously have, I think you could uh, very well accomplish that. What's the plan for uh, school? You know what you're going to study yet? Are you excited to, to go to school for something specific, or is school just an avenue to play hockey? Uh, well... I definitely would say uh, it's a bit of an avenue to play hockey, but I uh, love being in the gym. Um, so I'm set to do exercise science um, at Jamestown and kind of go into my role of being a, a trainer. Um, I re really would love to own my own gym one day or even be a strength coach for a high-level sports team, whether that's D1 football, D1 hockey, professional something like that is kind of what i would love to do as well awesome well best of luck the rest of the way man and this actually just popped in my mind i've been asking ever since my ricky interview a few weeks ago i've been asking we talked uh, about hockey hair and you got you got a good you know a good head of hair on you it's not like the real long tra traditional hockey flow or anything <laughs> Uh, yeah. But you got the little flip coming out of the bottom of the hat right now. So I want to know, I I, uh, I think my personal top three for hockey hair guys on your team are probably Chris Napravnik and Ricky. And uh, everybody so far has been in agreement that they think Ricky probably takes the crown because apparently, you know, he he cares about his hair quite a bit. Who do you think's got the best hockey hair on the team? Uh, on the team, I definitely would have to say, yeah, Ricky, uh, Chris, and – I think, yeah, I think I'd have to go with Napper as well, Napravnik. I would say overall it would be Ricky. He, you see him, he's always flipping his hair and doing it, you know, especially when the anthem's going and he takes his helmet off, you know, he gives a nice little flick. 
So, <laughs> well, hey, you're the expert opinion coming from. I guess he's from Minnesota too, but you know the all Minnesota hockey hair videos are are always uh, great uh, to watch every year. So you you definitely have a an expert opinion on that. It's I'm always impressed with him and Chris how they can keep that flip consistently. They're out there grinding. They're playing insane minutes. They're just sweating up buckets, and yet their hair is perfect. Ricky, I swear, does not sweat. I don't I don't get it. He's probably one of the hardest workers I've ever met, too. Like, practice, games, he is one of the hardest workers. He's always working hard, but he takes his helmet off in between periods, and it's just, it's just flowing, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, he's just, you know that line in Miracle when, uh, when, when Herb's making him skate, uh, like, do, do ladder drills, and then yeah, he goes, you know, how about you, Bricota? Uh, you got a hot date in about an hour, but you're not looking too good right now. Ricky probably could have done that whole scene and then still made the hot date and look just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Probably. I'd say so. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. It's been a really fun conversation. We've been talking so long that Zoom's about to to kick me off here. So, um, Oh, wow. Yeah. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope everybody uh, – uh, enjoys and listens to this interview because uh you know long time cyclone and and definitely deserving to be on the podcast way before i had you on so maybe to try and make up for it i'll uh, have you on again closer to, to playoffs and you know we'll talk a little uh, playoffs once you guys lock in um towards the end of the season here yeah i'd love to yeah it was an honor having you uh having me on the podcast i really appreciate it so well, of course man well we'll see you around the rink and uh good luck the rest of the way that was number 22 forward for your Wausau Cyclones, Caleb Paquin. Thanks for listening to Inside Cyclones Hockey as we give you a behind-the-scenes look at the team. Please rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date on all things Cyclones Hockey. And as always, go Clones!